following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Today's reading is taken from Acts 1, verses 6 to 14, so I'll just give you a moment to find that in your Bibles if you need to. Then they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you in heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk away from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Acts of the Apostles picks up where the Gospel of Luke leaves off, with the Ascension. Jesus has been killed by the authorities and raised from the dead. And as our reading begins today, we see the resurrected Jesus gathered with his disciples. This isn't the first time Jesus has appeared to them since the resurrection. And they probably don't realise at first it's going to be the last. Jesus is talking to them about the Kingdom of God, as he has many times before. Then he starts telling them they're about to be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And that prompts the disciples to ask Jesus a question. Lord, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, I don't know about you, but at this point, I just want to shout out, really, really, you still haven't got it? Because if you're familiar with the Gospels, you'll know it's not the first time the disciples have got, let's say, a bit confused about the nature of the kingdom of God. Calvin observed, rather acidly, I think, about this, that there are as many errors in this question as words. Ouch. Now, as Christians today, we know that the coming of God's kingdom will see a renewed earth where justice and mercy will reign. But the disciples didn't know that. And it wasn't quite as random a question as it sounds, you know, because many Jews were expecting to see the Messiah restore Israel to glory. And they knew that the coming of that messianic kingdom will be accompanied by a fresh outpouring of God's spirit. So when they hear Jesus talk about kingdom plus spirit, it's not a huge hop, skip and a jump to where they land. But Jesus is rather gentler on them than Calvin. He just says, look, the Father has that under control. The timing of the kingdom, that's above your pay grade. Your job is simple. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and then you will be my witnesses. So the last words Jesus spoke on earth were a clear instruction to his church. 
you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is nothing less than a commission to mission given by Jesus himself. So no pressure. No pressure disciples standing staring into heaven. No pressure Christians across the world. No pressure St Nick's Durham. It's only the last words of the risen Lord Jesus to his followers before his ascension. Now, if you're a regular churchgoer, it won't be news to you that we're called to bear witness to Jesus in our lives and our actions. But this is pretty stark all the same, and it's a strange time to be hearing it. Because what does it mean to bear witness to Jesus to the ends of the earth when I hardly leave the house? And when I do, I have to stay two metres away from everybody else. What does mission look like in these weird times? Our church is alive and kicking, but everything has changed. Baptisms and weddings are on hold. Services have gone online. We do daily prayer on Facebook, and I preach sermons like this to my iPad. And it's not just church. As you know, my day job is in politics, but I've not been to Westminster for weeks. Instead, I sit in the living room and I put questions to ministers remotely and I make speeches about poverty to my laptop. And no, I don't know when it's going to end either. How does your world look at the moment? How are you coping? Are you a happy online introvert? Or are you struggling with the pressures of these times? Maybe you're tired of living without company or with too much of the same company. Maybe you're worried about going to work or worried about having no work to go to. Maybe you or someone you love is sick or in mourning. It's all tough. So what does it mean for us to bear witness in this strange new world? Well, in one sense, we can still bear witness to the ends of the earth. At Nick's, we've seen loads of new people coming to our online services. They've come from all over Britain and from beyond, from Germany, from Kenya, from Singapore, from New Zealand, literally the other end of the earth. And hello to all of you. We're all called as Christians to share the good news of Jesus Christ. But it's more than that. To bear witness to Jesus is to follow him with all we have, to try to model our lives on the gospel values. We witness to Jesus through the way we behave in everyday life, even when times are tough. Now, as you'll know, if you're a regular at St Nick's, I'm a bit of a fangirl of the work of Kingsley Barrett, C.K. Barrett, one of the finest New Testament scholars of the last century. He spent some 40 years in the theology department at Durham University, but he was also a Methodist minister. And every Sunday he would go out and preach in pit villages across County Durham and far beyond. I recently read a sermon Barrett preached on this very passage. Well, actually on two verses of this, parish, of this passage. He preached it in Bishop Street Chapel in Leicester in October 1948. At least that was when he preached it for the first time. He preached the sermon for the last time in Billy Row Chapel in 2001, and he preached it 33 times in between. I'm guessing he thought a sermon hadn't really bedded down till it'd been preached a number of times. But first time out, reflecting on the vocation of the church, he preached about a young minister who lay dying at the age of 33. All his hopes and ideals of service dissolving in the pain that was killing him. And he said to a friend, the real thing in the ministry is the foot washing. And Barrett then asked the congregation, is this a church where the members wash one another's feet 
If it is, I believe that nothing can stop its witness in this city. If it is not, then neither brains nor wealth nor influence will hoist it onto the lowest step in Christ's kingdom. Now, I've found our online church a real blessing, actually way more than I expected. I've loved seeing so many members of our church family up on screen. But something else I've loved during lockdown has been seeing Nick's people look after each other. Small groups keeping each other going. Teams of people phoning members of the church to stay in touch. People volunteering as bodies or encouraging each other during coffee mornings or student nights or family activities. People delivering food and medicines to their neighbours. Supporting the Big Bin Project to get food to refugees and asylum seekers. Washing each other's feet. But none of this is easy. Behaving selflessly when we or those we love are at risk isn't easy. Being our best selves when we're under pressure isn't easy. Bearing witness in all of our encounters with friends and strangers, family and neighbours, not to mention those we meet online, that's hard at the best of times. And these definitely aren't the best of times. Fortunately, Jesus didn't say to the disciples, get out there right now and bear witness to me to the ends of the earth. What are you waiting for? No, he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the spirit to come upon them. Jesus didn't ask his disciples to go to the ends of the earth in their own strength. He promised them power from on high. And he's not asking you to follow him in your own strength, whatever your circumstances. By the end of today's reading, the disciples were living, as we are, in a time of waiting, in that time between the times, the now and the not yet, when the kingdom of God has started to break in, but is not yet fully realised. The great theologian Karl Barth once described this time between Ascension and Pentecost as a significant pause between the mighty acts of God, a pause in which the church's task is to wait and to pray, Veni Creator Spiritus, come Holy Spirit. And that's just what the disciples did after the Ascension. They went back to Jerusalem as Jesus told them. They gathered in the upper room and we hear they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And you know, through the centuries since, Christians have gathered at this time to pray for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so are we, because this year Nix is once again joining in with Thy Kingdom Come, the global prayer movement, with Christians from around the world as we join to pray, Come Holy Spirit. That's something we can all do, however locked down we are. You don't have to go out with a megaphone or a sandwich board, you just have to pray. To pray that you will become closer to Jesus. To pray that people you love will get to experience the joy that comes from knowing Jesus. And to pray the Spirit will empower us all. So let's do this together. And if you don't know Jesus yet, maybe take this time to ask a Christian friend to tell you more. Or contact us at St Nick's. Check out our website or our Facebook page. And if you message us or email our office, someone will be in touch. But back to the Ascension. Once Jesus had commissioned the disciples and told them to wait for the Holy Spirit, we hear he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Now that's a very brief description of something quite extraordinary. 
but actually there's a lot of information buried in this passage. So let's look a little closer at what we've learned. The first question is, where has Jesus gone? Well, that's made clear by two angels who suddenly appear and tell the disciples that Jesus has gone to heaven. In the Bible, heaven is the place where God lives. And that cloud that hid Jesus from their sight, that's a really important detail. It's not there by accident. The cloud represents the visible sign of the presence and glory of God. It features in the background in Psalm 68, which we heard read earlier. Verse 7 of that says, When you, God, went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness. And that's a reference, of course, to the people of Israel. When they were in exile and wandering through the wilderness, God went before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. We also read in Exodus that a cloud hovered over the tabernacle as a visible sign that the glory of God was there. And when Matthew's Gospel tells the story of the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountain, a cloud overshadows them all and God speaks from it in approval of Jesus. And once again here, as Jesus is taken to heaven, he's wrapped in that same cloud, showing God's glory and approval. The second thing we've learned is that the ascension marked the close of Jesus's ministry on earth. It's the end of an era. First off, Jesus was with his followers in person up until his death. And since the resurrection, there have been various times in which Jesus has appeared to the disciples and then just disappeared again. But they know this time it's different. Something about the way Jesus departs makes it clear to the disciples he's not physically coming back this time. And in case they were in any doubt, the angels who've appeared ask them why they're standing staring up, because Jesus has gone to heaven. Jesus will return one day, they say, the same way, in glory. But the implication is it's not any time soon, so return your focus to earth. And it's worth noting, it was the embodied Jesus that was lifted up. It wasn't some detached soul or spirit. Now that underlines the fact that Jesus won't be physically appearing around Jerusalem again to the disciples. But it's more than that. It's also a remarkable affirmation of our human physicality. The incarnation wasn't abandoned or reversed. There is now humanity at the heart of the Godhead. And perhaps the most important lesson for the disciples and for us is that Jesus, their friend and their teacher, the one who taught them, walked with them, who literally washed their feet. That Jesus now sits on the throne of glory. Jesus is Lord. Or as Kingsley Barrett put it in 1948, the Lord is Jesus, the governor of this strange, perplexing world of ours, so full of trouble and pain, is Jesus of Nazareth. So the Ascension has a lot to teach us, but if you remember nothing else from today, Hold on to three things. Keep washing each other's feet. Remember, God doesn't ask you to go to the ends of the earth or the end of the road in your own strength. So pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pray that God's kingdom will come. And over the next week, if you hit a rough patch, if things look bleak, if you realise afresh that you're not in control of your world, take a deep breath and remember who is. The Lord is Jesus, the Jesus we know, the Jesus of the Gospels, the Jesus of love, of healing, of mercy, 
of forgiveness. The Jesus who became human for us and who took that reality to the throne of heaven. We're in safe hands. Alleluia. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham podcast. If you'd like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk. Thank you.